Podcast ain't played nobody. I told y'all there'd be bonus content. It's week one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just get right to it. We're going to introduce uh, my co-host for the day and tell y'all exactly what it is we're doing. But here's the best part. It is interactive. So if you're driving right now, um, you may want to stop or just drive a little bit slower like I do when I check my phone um, and find out a way to, uh, to play along. We're going to put the link and the information on all this stuff. Um, but today I have with me from the Banner Society, uh, Jason Kirk and Alex Kirshner. Welcome to the podcast. Has uh, Ain't Played Nobody. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hi. All right. Um, Alex. Yes. T- tell everybody what we're doing today. We are having the first annual Banner Society slash podcast Ain't Played Nobody FCS on FBS upset draft. Whoa. Very exciting thing that we experimented with uh, last year, and we have chosen to make into a game that we can all play together. Uh, I will explain very briefly how it works. Uh, So I have counted this year on a few trips to the schedule, 114 games involving an FBS team playing an FCS team. In most of these cases, the FCS team will collect a nice paycheck and lose. In some cases, and I didn't script this, in some cases, the FCS team is going to take not only a paycheck but also a victory. Uh, and we are going to try to identify which teams those might be. Uh, of course, there are some that are more obvious picks than others. So what we're going to do here is assign point values to each possible upset. These are point values of 3, 5, 10, and 100. Uh, a 100-pointer is an App State on Michigan type deal, uh, something that would be extremely memorable, uh, a real shocker of a really, you know, allegedly really good team. Uh, a 10 would be a pretty significant upset. Uh, There are a few 10s in here. A 5 is a generally the level for like a decent, somewhat competent Power 5 team losing to an FCS team or a really good Group of 5 team losing to an FCS team. Uh, And then the 3s, and there are a lot of 3s out there, uh, Mm -hmm. are the ones that are just in no way surprising uh, and, you know, that are upsets sort of nominally because they're FCS and FBS, but uh, that I think you could tell anyone they would happen and, and it would not do a lot to surprise you. So that's what we're doing. And you get to pick three. Uh, and we're going to each go through an order. I think the draft order is going to be Godfrey, uh, me, then Jason. Uh, and then we're going to turn it over to you via a Google form and everyone can play together. Uh, I'll be able to track the results throughout the year, but kind of going to be honor system. I don't <laughs> think there's any prize here that's really worth anyone cheating. Uh, <laughs> so we're just having fun together and, and we can get to it. Are we um, doing um are we doing serpentine or uh you know I hadn't planned to do serpentine. Do you, should we do serpentine? I think well, as the person with the third pick, I would certainly vote for it, but yeah. All right, what's I, serpentine? Let's serpentine. Uh, I, I would okay. definitely. No, actually, yeah. we're not serpentining it because I told Jason before the show oh. that I was oh, wow. I think the most obvious pick here is one that I'm going to leave to Jason because I directly report to him and don't want to face blowback for taking the game. <laughs> so no, there will be no No, follow follow your heart. We will go one, two, three, one, two, three. Now, Alex, I expect merciless power ranking and spreadsheeting. Take take the game that you want to take. Okay, uh, Alex, j- just again, for those at home, it isn't as easy as simply picking a-, a likely upset, although I have the first pick and I'm going to do that uh, just because I want to score some points. Um, the point system has done it to where if we only get three picks, right? That's right. Okay, so I could pick three likely upsets that would have a value of maybe like 
nine or something like that, right? Absolutely. But, but then but, if I pick but, one ten pointer and I get it, then I beat you. Exactly. Yes. Or anyone could just roll through here and say, you know what? I like the Murray State Racers to beat Georgia in Athens in week <laughs> two and then just own this whole the whole damn thing, correct? Absolutely. If you pick one of those, I, we, we decided that you deserve to win if you get that right. So you can roll the dice. You can pick three of those games. Uh, you're going to see on the Google form that we're going to put out what they are, but uh, some examples of 100 pointers that we have here, uh, Idaho over Penn State in week one, uh, Western Carolina over Alabama much later on, mm-hmm. uh, Northwestern State over LSU, games like that, Wofford over Clemson. If you get that, hey, you deserve you deserve <laughs> to win uh, this game, and, and we'll shut the rest of it down. So mm. we'll have at least one listener go all in on SEC SoCon meltdown going for all 300 points. Absolutely. And that's fine. Absolutely. It's very, it's very tempting. It's very tempting. Um, it's slightly terrifying, though. Um, okay. I have the first overall pick. Uh, I am not much of a gambler by nature, uh, at, at really at all. Um, if you listen to the show and listen to my segments with Bud, uh, I think you'd know that already. Um, however, I, I, I'm tempted to go big points and just be foolish, but I, I can't get in the way of the juggernaut that is Kansas football. And uh, so with my first pick and what I feel to be three guaranteed points for sure, I'm going to take Indiana State to beat Kansas. Okay. That's All right? a nice pick. I feel, I feel good about it. I know it's only three points. I was really tempted to, to go crazy, um, and I, I, I still might, but I, I really feel like I'm going to get three points in this thing. You have not only Kansas football, you have a coaching change. You have uh, their starting running back is out. Mm-hmm. We won't discuss why at this time. Nope, don't know. Uh, and Indiana State is good, so that's a great first pick. Yeah, the thing with Puka was that like everybody disregarded it because it was a one-game suspension. I think literally this draft is the only place where that news becomes like relevant. Um, but also, for those who don't know, Indiana State, a good football team actually good football team that's the other part of this draft where you can look and and like kind of goof around with bad teams uh in the fbs but also it, it pays to look at like you know indiana state quality opponent uh definitely not scared so that's my pick great uh, i'm gonna start now i want to say that there's a game that i think is an obvious pick but again i'm gonna leave it uh don't do that alex i'm telling you just because we're friends here, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to allow. Wow. I'm going to allow my boss to take it. I am going to take, and this is a game uh, that is not in week one, but is coming in week two. Uh, North Carolina A&T, the HBCU national champions over the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Duke has lost a lot of blood in the off season. Um, they lost an NFL starting quarterback. They lost the number six draft pick uh, in the NFL, which I, I imagine is just going to be a huge loss for them without without knowing anything about <laughs> who that player is. That, that's a metric we value tremendously. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Duke is uh, playing a really, really good team. Uh, you'll recall that A&T uh, pretty much body bagged uh, East Carolina last year, and that wasn't saying a lot. East Carolina wasn't anything – particularly special, uh, but they have great skill position players. They've been really good on offense for a couple of years now. Uh, and with no disrespect intended for, for coach cut, um, I think that Duke is going to be still kind of in an early stage of trying to figure out how it's going to randomly fall ass backward into six wins and make a bowl. And <laughs> so I think the time is going to be right. 
And uh, also, I mean, there's value in this for me because actually there's not, I made it a three point value um, because I think it's extremely likely. So, you know, maybe it's not great value because I should have picked it at five, but you know, I don't rig the game for my own benefit. So uh, (laughs) a and T over Duke in week two, three pointer. Nice. Um, So Alex has in very courteously left uh, a game in which my alma mater will likely be a road favorite against a team with 22 more scholarships as Kennesaw State travels to Kent State. I, however, have a game higher on my <gasps> Whoa! for two reasons. Um, Kennesaw State, a little bit inflated. I don't think most of the people doing the ranking realize almost literally the entire offense left. Um uh, the uh, we this is the only school I can go we on we are number 10 in the FCS rankings the odds have us more like 15th I think that's more realistic meanwhile Kent State which was bad returns almost literally, literally everyone and you know they'll still be bad but returning almost everyone is pretty much guaranteed improvement also this is a week two game which I, 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 I am biased toward the week ones because that feels like the week in which depth is le- least likely to be concerned for the FCS team. So the game I have higher is Illinois State, Northern Illinois. NIU, damn, coaching damn. staff, Illinois State, kind of the opposite of Kennesaw State, where they're much higher in the odds than in the rankings. So so they're perhaps a little underrated. Um, this is FPI's third highest, uh, third most likely upset on the board. Atomic Football, this is their uh, second or third. Pirate, which is pretty good against Vegas has it as their smallest point spread of any game on the board um, that I'm considering at least. So yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. Okay. Shocked wow. that you would do that, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I understand the rationale. I'm just shocked that you would be so disloyal. Yeah. It's heartless. Mm, man, this is kind of thrown my, this is kind of thrown. All right. Kennesaw's the... back on the board then as far as I know. I know. I, and yeah. I, are, are we snaking or do we, do I have the next pick? It's back to you Godfrey. Yeah. Man. Um, it's so tempting. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to not do it. I'm going to go with my gut here and go with a Southern Illinois team that I think was way better than their record last year. Um, they're also returning more. Um, I, they're on the board twice, I believe actually, um, because they got, they got to pick up those paychecks, which is understandable. Um, I think that Southern Illinois, they, they had an interesting year last year. If you don't remember anything, um, they were on the SEC network and scored a bunch of points against Ole Miss. Um, they just didn't really have enough talent. But um, Nick Hill's a young coach. I like him. I like the fact they're returning a good bit. Um so of the games that they're in, I think I'm going to take them to beat UMass. Um Again, not a high point deal here, but I think I like it because UMass has a ridiculous amount of question marks. A first-year coach in Walt Bell who sort of fled Florida State, and I think it's, I believe, week... Is that week two? I believe so. Right, so it's week two. So I definitely feel like the confusion element is still there, and I think this is... um, yeah, I just think UMass is going to have a really, really, really tough year for obvious reasons, and I do think Southern Illinois uh, can do it. Man, it was hard not to pick Kennesaw State. <laughs> That's an excellent choice. Yeah, it's a really interesting pick. Um, with my second pick, uh, seeing that it's still on the board, I'm going to go down 
to the city of San Antonio, uh, a place that I've never been but always been interested in. Uh, and we've got UTSA against Incarnate Word. Uh, and I like UIW uh, to win that game. Uh, I think that going by the Vegas lines, it's it's one of the uh, more practical picks that I could have made here. I think that UTSA is favored by five and a half-ish. Um, it's a crosstown rivalry game. UIW won the Southland last year. Bet you didn't know that. Uh, I certainly didn't. But I honestly, and I, and I try to follow FCS football fairly closely, but they kind of a, a, a recent uh, startup program that has, um, like UTSA, tried to build a rep for itself in a pretty short amount of time. I think UIW like hired an AD from one of the Louisianas and you know has really tried to kind of build itself up. It seems like they're doing a good job. Uh, UTSA is going in not the right direction at all. Um, mm. there, there are some reasons to be interested there. Uh, they have Lowell Narcisse, the uh, quarterback who was a blue chip LSU signee, never really got a shot there, or never played there. Uh, and he's at UTSA now. He's eligible now. That, give me, that gave me a little bit of pause uh, on this pick, but um, these are just two programs going in diametrically opposite directions. I think it's weird what's happened at UTSA because I think like two years ago, I would have pegged them as like a real riser in the G5. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, buddy. I, I definitely did. And and what's going on with Frank Wilson is just sort of mystifying. It um, is mystifying. They, they just, they, for being a recruiter first, at least that's how he was characterized when he got that job. It's kind of like how he built his resume. They don't have a lot of talent on the roster. It's, um, and, it's surprising, yeah. And in the state of Texas, man, they have a really bad offense. Just bad. Yeah. It's it's surprising. Uh, and UIW, which came into existence as a football program, not very far off from the time that UTSA did. Um, they started playing football in 2009, um, has like built itself up. And they've gone from you know being pretty consistently a sub-500 team to winning six games last year after going 1-10 in the year before. Um, that was with the first-year coach, Eric Morris, who we should probably be paying attention to um, you know, he's a former Texas Tech, former Washington State guy, former Houston guy, um, has a lot of like air raid roots. And I don't watch UIW, but I think they probably run the air raid running by what his uh, kind of coaching tree is. So um, that's another wrinkle here. Uh, I just like him. I like UIW to win that game. I think it'll be a big, big thing for San Antonio football. Jason. Well, uh, my number one on the board, I got it at number three. Now I'm getting my number two at six. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I will go ahead and take the alma mater owls over Kent State, um, KSU, the the real KSU, I like to call us. We did lose almost all of our offense, but to some degree, it's going to be a little bit of a plug and play. It's a flex bone, which Kent State, um, have they ever seen it ever? I don't know. Uh, the defense should be pretty good. Um, so... I think this has uh, atomic football. This is, it gave it a seventy-eight percent chance of winning. Uh, it's FPI's first or second most likely on the board. So let's go ahead and take that one. There we have it, Godfrey. Back to you. Okay, so here's the deal. I've gone through and I wanted to do like the dumb fun thing with my last pick, but I I think you were too good, honestly, Alex, at, at ranking out some of these teams because. If we just, I just want to do this real fast. These are the teams that have 100 point values if they are upset Penn State, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, LSU, Florida, Clemson, Florida State, Bama, Auburn. Yeah, and that's it. I, there's nothing on there that I could even remotely see how, even if like 
natural disasters combined with some sort of like flu-borne illness. Nuclear hurricane still not happening. Can I ask so you a question? Can yeah. I ask you a question? Okay. What if I, as the game maker, because we haven't put this out to the public wow. yet, what if I told oh. you what if I told you that you could have Eastern Washington over Washington at one hundred? Would you take that? You no. can't do that. No. You I'm can't not. do that. No. no, you can't do that. I okay. appreciate I appreciate your generosity, but I still I, I, I wasn't saying I would... I'd do it. It was a, it was a condition. Oh, a hypothetical. Oh, it was like I okay I had to trade for it or something like that. Um, I yeah. So I wanted to be like fun and wild just for the sake of the podcast. But even your ten pointers, Alex, I feel like I can't get confident behind any of them. There are a couple teams on here that I do think could like fall apart on one side of the ball or the other, like. Boise State has a freshman quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But they have other like if he's terrible, the Bachmeyer kid, like I still think they'd probably be okay against Portland State in week three. I was really tempted to pick that one. Um, you know, like Ole Miss could be just as bad on defense this year, but I still think they'd be okay against southeastern Louisiana. Um this is tough, man. I, I I really wanted to do something goofy, but I, I kind of think I'm going to go back down into the dregs. And right now I'm debating between taking your incarnate word against New Mexico State, mainly because I had also identified incarnate word just in a different game. This is uh, my think, incarnate word podcast. It, I mean, I'll put it this way. They're a good team. I happen to know someone who works there, so that's why I know they exist, basically. And then also New Mexico State just, you know, poor guys they're they're woefully inconsistent because they're new mexico state because it's really hard to be like a bottom tier g5 independent in college football um the other one that i was thinking about possibly is uh how many people on this pod listening to this podcast know that albany exists oh yeah i actually so one of my great friends from high school her dad is jim sweeney longtime nfl offensive lineman uh, he coaches up there with Greg Gattuso, who I yeah. kind of know from his time at Maryland. Uh, so the wow. the Albany Great Danes are are on the rise. Wow. Okay. You know what? I'm not even gonna lie. I threw that out almost like as a like a hypothetical, rhetorical almost. I think Kirk picked up on that. And you just so you know someone on Albany staff. Oh yeah, yeah, really. Okay, good well, guy. you know what, Dan? I think he's I'm, still there. Yeah, we're we're doing it then. Right now, <laughs> I'm taking Fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> um, Albany. I, I'm gonna take Albany. In week one for another solid three points here. I'm putting it in the spreadsheet right now on the road at Central Michigan. Godfrey Um, CMU also has a starting wide receiver out. Thank you. Uh, Here's what I know about Central Michigan. Godfrey, you're a shark. Uh, Central Michigan's really bad. Central Michigan right now has an inconsistency level with in terms of recruiting and talent that even like with the sort of weird cycles that run in the Mac is really, really bad. And it all dates back to the fact that they couldn't really find a head coach there for a while. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they basically went like a whole signing period and then like a part of an off season before they could hire the guy that they just fired, who I think was awesome. Awesome. Way go. I just lost his name in my head, but um, they are, I mean, possibly the furthest behind, even further behind the Northern Illinois right now, I think. Um, And I know Jim McElwain is like, he's coached at Florida. I get that. It's not really against Jim McElwain. I just think they don't have anything. John Bonamago. Thank you. John Bonamago was the coach um, who got fired. He is now the special teams coordinator for your Detroit Lions. And I believe, let's see if I can find his hiring date. Uh, he was hired on February 9th of 2015. Um, they basically lost a class and a half of signing and had no one. It was just a rudderless ship. 
Um, that is probably, I think, right now the worst team in the MAC. And um, you know what? Uh, Alex just sold me on Albany by by speaking them into existence. So let's go. I love that. Tremendous. Uh, I'm going to take with my last pick, and I, you know we can take a second after this to talk about games that we would have taken because it's tough when you only get three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take uh, the Citadel over Georgia Tech in week uh, three. Uh, so that's still pretty early in the Jeff Collins era. Uh, the Citadel was, I believe, beating Bama at halftime last year. Uh, don't know a ton about their personnel, but know exactly what they're running. And I think if you're running the triple, uh, you're playing a Georgia Tech team that is in the midst of what I understand to be a total teardown. Godfrey, am I wrong about that? Jason, am I wrong about that? Uh, there's a lot of personnel change. The only thing I would push back on, Alex, is the fact that there's one thing that this defense is familiar with, and that is practice, practicing against the triple option. So, Absolutely. But yeah, I yeah. could nonetheless see the Citadel uh, giving them a lot of trouble. Paul Johnson watching from some cabin somewhere, just maniacally laughing the entire time uh, and enjoying himself while that happens. Uh, so, you know, it's tough. I mean, I wanted to get a five pointer. This is a five pointer. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, potentially interesting stuff in the five point range. Uh, but this one jumps out to me because a Georgia tech is, you know, in a rebuilds rebuild, uh, and B it's, it's the, it's the triple and the Citadel has shown that it can shorten a game against a much more talented opponent than Georgia tech, um, and stay relevant for a while. So I, I think that this is, among the five pointers here, uh, a pretty good bet. Nice. All right. So at ninth, I have, uh, this was either third or fourth on my board, is available. I'm not going to take it because I'm going to swing harder. Wow. JMU at West Virginia. I'm not taking this one. I thought about it. Oh, okay. I thought about yeah, it. That was, I thought I about it. it. That JMU, was... probably the best team in FCS. West Virginia completely starting over and without a starting linebacker. Um, and we um, made that a three-pointer, too, because... A mere three pointer. If this had been a five, this would come off the board, right? Like, yeah, this I would have been a definite. Yes, yes. Yeah. This is the one that everyone has circled all off season long as like, oh man, and like, it very, very, very well could happen. But I want to do at least one that's not a three pointer. Um, I like this one as well. I'm not taking this one. South Dakota State, Minnesota, uh, SDSU, very, very good. Um, uh, Minnesota slightly banged up at the skill positions, apparently. Uh, I, I just glanced that, but I think Minnesota should be good. Uh, I like Weber State, San Diego State. That's a five. Um, and Southern Illinois, Arkansas State, though that one is week four, which I'm, I'm, I'm not messing with that. Having said all that, I'm going to go for a 10-pointer. All right, you ready? This is the reason I didn't want you putting 100 on E-dub, U-dub. Because <laughs> I'm going to say Eastern Washington. Uh, based on the odds, the third best team in all of FCS. Last year, they got to, I believe, the semifinals with a backup quarterback. Oh, they got to the final. They got, they got to the uh, That's, right, and that's they cover, right. And they, they covered g- the spread, too. They gave North Dakota State a really, really good game last year, despite having a backup quarterback for like half the season. Washington has a lot to replace. I think the numbers are a little deceptive because at quarterback... I don't really, you know, the number that you're replacing is big, but um, I don't think the actual efficiency that you're replacing is all that big of a concern. But still, I think among the 10-pointers, this one stands out as the one with a chance, a chance of happening. FPI gives it 5%. And for a, you know, I'll I'll take a 1 in 20 shot at a guaranteed win over you two. How about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you, if you get it, you win uh, against us two. I mean, we don't know the audience. We're hoping that a lot of people play. Someone in the audience is going to crush all of us, and that's fine. Of course. 
Uh, also, I like Sam Houston State over New Mexico. Sam Houston State, pretty good. Yeah. New Mexico, very bad. Yep. Yeah. That's only a three, though, obviously. The only, yeah, the reason I stayed away from that was because New Mexico can, the, the weird kind of option they run, they can shorten possessions. So you might be a turnover. You, they could turn over their way into winning that game. Also, the rain here is picking up. I brought some shutdown forecast audio with me. You're welcome. Very Great. exciting. I'm going to have a cold tomorrow. Uh, the one that's on the board still that I gave uh, maybe the strongest consideration to uh, is UC Davis against Cal uh, because UC Davis is really good. You know, really? Playoff team. Uh, but I decided against it. It's a five-point value. I decided against it because UC Davis – uh, lost Keelan Doss, who was their receiver, who might have been the best receiver in FCS last year. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I was going to say if they had. It- and Cal has what people are saying might be the best secondary in the country. Um, that one is on my radar, as is Montana State, Texas Tech in Matt Wells' first week. Those are yeah. both very much on the radar. <laughs> Considered them, didn't do it for different reasons, but but think they're options. Yeah, I too really, really wanted to take UC Davis. But like you said, that's that's strictly a matchups thing. Yeah, their strength. Dan strength. Hawkins is UC Davis, by the way. Yes, their strength, strength there doesn't doesn't add up. I think even if they had Keelan Doss, like Cal's defense is like, I mean, we we get to make jokes and we're very grateful for it that they score nine points a game, but they also allow like two. So I think um, even if you had Doss going strength, strength there, I would still favor Cal. But uh, Texas Tech is interesting. I wanted to pick that one, but. Their personnel isn't that far off. This isn't a normal firing situation, right? They got fired for like a, they got fired for more of an overall evaluation versus like a cratering out. And they were actually even really good about like, they were consistent enough, like for a Texas Tech level, Texas Tech level of recruiting in the transition. And um, I like Matt Wells a lot, so I think they may actually be okay. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win nine games or anything, but. I kind of shied away from them at the end as well. Um, I'm definitely regretting the not picking UIW again and turning this into a, an incarnate word podcast. <laughs> it just, it feels, it feels so safe. Okay. So our picks here, just run them down. Our three, my three, I have a five pointer, which is the Citadel over Georgia tech. Uh, I've got a three pointer in North Carolina, A&T over Duke. And I've got a three pointer and I'm gonna have to wait until week 12 for this. So it could be something that stretches for a while. Excuse me. That's, the wrong UIW game uh, because we have UIW on the board twice. Uh, but I've got in week one, excuse me, uh, incarnate word over UTSA. Those are my three picks. Godfrey? Um, I went safe. I, I, I wanted to not go as safe as I did, but like I look at my losers here and I feel really good about Central Michigan, Kansas, and UMass for sure. Um, I think the riskiest pick here is Southern Illinois just because of their record last year, but I do think they, they are – expected to have a not a breakout season but i think they're, they are getting better again i like that coach and i like that staff um so i feel good I, I played it too safe but um i don't know man i just i couldn't find a 10 that i really wanted to fall in love with albany is going to reward you as any great dan does <laughs> albany insider alex kirshner has <laughs> Um, it's weird actually, but that Portland state game just is still kind of sticking around in my head. Uh, especially at 10 points with Boise. Uh, I have Illinois state NIU to be the battle to be the best college football team in the state of Illinois. Barely even a joke. What about uh, the, Bears? <laughs> the, the, Chicago, the Chicago bears will be uh third. Yeah. Uh, between that and Kennesaw state, 
over Kent State. I feel likely to get three points. I think I can get three points there. And then I swung hard on EWU <laughs> defeating the Pac-12 favorite Washington Huskies. Well, folks, this has been fun. Yeah, uh, this has been great, guys. Thanks. Um, and but by the wait, way, there's more. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, did I cut you off before your last pick? No, 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 no. no, no. It's, t- it's time for bonus content. Uh, so here's the bonus content on top of the bonus content. I think most PAPN listeners and most Fullcast listeners are familiar with the history of the chicken bet. The history of the chicken bet is, um, you know, records from that era, the origin of the chicken bet, are shady at best. All right? It was a rough time in America. It was kind of like prairie law, you know, during westward expansion, I feel like. Um, allegedly, I still owe Jason Kirk some chicken. Still are we, uh, are we, that's are, not alleged. That's fact. Godfrey, no. are we two and two now? Because you beat me on the Territorial Cup last year. So... Let's go back. We, so, had, we did a Cal that you won. We did an Indiana that I won. The, the Here's the birth of the chicken bet. And it sounds weird now because Les Miles is at Kansas, so it's not going to sound as, as as weird as it, it really once was. But so once upon a time, Kansas didn't have Les Miles, and they were just like bad all the time. And I used to pitch Jason on places I would go when I was like a, a staff writer at college football at SB Nation. And I would always try and pitch these oddball, strange, like, nah, let, let's say – not nationally interesting locations. Uh, weird for weird sake. And I pitched you one time going to do something at Kansas, right? That sounds that sounds and you uh, were that sounds about right for every year, yeah. Yeah. So you rationally were like, yeah, no, what the hell is that? And uh I said, I swear to you, Kansas will win was it four games or five games that year? It was I remember you went a game or two above the Vegas total that was offered. Yes. I was very bullish on Kansas. Um they Jayhawks did what the Jayhawks do, which is not win five or six games. Um, it became known as I will buy you some chicken. Um, uh, I live in Nashville. Kirk lives in Kennesaw. We're both Georgians by birth. And so a plate of chicken, I feel like is a pretty good, it's a pretty good unit of currency uh, in our cultures. Um, I, I welched on the bet. However, I then went double or nothing the following year. And I do remember this with Sonny Dykes's Cal. And I, I think I said that they would win five or six games, and they did. And then ever since then, no one has really ever paid the winner. The loser has never paid the winner. Yeah. So after that, it was Indiana, and then it was... Indiana, that's right. It was a special. It was Arizona or Arizona State who will be better. It came down to the very end, and Herm Edwards prevailed. Yep. Um, I was uh, I was very um, bullish. Not bullish on Herm, actually. I was not. I was just very bearish on the Sumlin staff and the mess and the Marcel Yates situation. So, so you now then, you have spread, bets. El- this has spread elsewhere throughout our group. Uh, Brian Floyd owes Godfrey and I because the Falcons beat the Seahawks. That's right. Someone owes Alex. Is it Godfrey? Godfrey owes me because in what the 2017. Is this a hockey thing? Hockey. In the 2017 Stanley Cup, uh, I had just moved to D.C. where Godfrey was visiting for work. Uh, we met there uh, and the Penguins – are from Pittsburgh. I am from Pittsburgh. Godfrey lives in Nashville. Uh, the Penguins uh, handled the Predators with with relative ease. Uh, Six games. I mean, it could have been seven, but it wasn't. Uh, and <laughs> and there was chicken that was supposed to be forthcoming. It, it has yet and to chicken forthcome. Chicken never came. We also had last year um, Spencer Hall defeated Ryan Annie and I because Texas finished in the top fifteen. 
That's right. So, um, the, so the, the other gimmick about between the specific thing between Godfrey and I is he has to be high on an ob- obscure team, and I have yes. to be low on an obscure team, and not obscure like you've never heard of them. Just like you know, we're not going to bet on Clemson, right? So I have three unders that I like for this year. Let's see if you like any of these as overs, okay? Okay, this is like the original recipe of the chicken bet here. I like this. I have rice under two and a half. I have Colorado under four and a half. And we're returning to the scene of the crime because I have Arizona State under seven and a half. Oh my gosh. I mean, I would not I would not go over that. Um now these are blind, by the way. I did not know this going in, so I'm gonna. So <laughs> that's, we're gonna. That's how we do. We're gonna vamp a second while I try and see what Rice's schedule looks like. <laughs> Rice is it two and a half or two? Two and a half. Does Rice play Texas this year? That could be. Yeah, they, they do a, a quote unquote home game at NRG. Um, so I have to find three Rice wins. Is this sad that that's where my brain goes first? Yeah, okay, so Rice we're going to immediately rule out because I don't think they can beat Wake Forest, and then they're at Army and home against Texas. So, no. Uh, that is a terrible schedule, and I don't know what they're thinking over at Rice. Um, get, like, some FCS teams in there. Lord. Um, okay. That's brutal, uh, what Rice that's, Yeah, that's awful. Um, I I kind of like what they're doing there. I think it's neat that they're going to try and do, like, this Texas-sized, like, Stanford thing where they just get, like – a particular kind of kid and maybe slow down the tempo, but like, ugh. Um, okay. Um, hmm. What was the middle one, Kirk? Uh, Colorado under four and a half. Okay. All right. Just real fast. Let's go ahead and look at the schedule. Um, you know, always feel good about, um, I, I, oof, oof, I don't know. I'm trailing off here. Oh man, these are horrible, Kirk. Um, Colorado's <laughs> non-conference this year is Colorado State neutral site opener, which who knows? Nebraska and Air Force. Um, so theoretically, the 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 weakest team is your state rival, and then you have a, an option team coming in in week three when you have a completely new system. So I got to find five games that I like that I feel bullish about Colorado winning. It might be none of those. Um, and then the back end of their schedule is just like flat out teams with more talent, especially on defense. Like they're out. Yeah. They close the season with Stanford, Washington, and Utah. Um, okay. All right. Damn it. Arizona state. Here we go again. Seven and a half. That's that was the number I got. Consider Arizona state going over seven and a half. Godfrey. Oh man. Dead air on a podcast, I know. So, okay, if you're not familiar, um, Arizona State, I was just at Kent State to talk to Sean Lewis. They open with Kent State. They have Sacramento State. They're at Sparty, Michigan State. Um, Man, that's the swing right there, isn't it? This is what Kirk has brought. Kirk has brought this entire bet and the attention of our entire outfit to a Michigan State home game. This is treachery. With a Um, final score of 9-7. to This is treachery. Give me Herm. Let's go. go with it. Let's let's go Herm. Weird pauses and loud noises. <laughs> we are doubling, doubling down and double or nothinging respectively. On give me Herm that Herm chicken. Now I got to find seven wins real fast before we sign off. Uh, give me Kent. Give me Sacramento State. Uh, you know what? Let's let's say they beat Sparty and and help usher Mark D'Antonio into retirement. They beat a young Colorado team still rebuilding. 
I think they are going to lose at Cal and then lose at Wazoo and then lose at Utah and then lose maybe at UCLA too. Let's give them UCLA. What the hell? Uh, USC could be in shambles. You never know. They get that game in Tempe, right? And we know what happens when USC loses in Tempe. And then you still have Arizona. We know what state they're in and Oregon State. I feel good. I need eight. I need eight wins. Shit. This is a bad bet. I'm going to owe more chicken. All right. Well, oh, man, that was painful. Um, Okay, for Jason Kirk and Alex Kirshner, um, uh, we thank you. Also, Alex, tell everybody real fast how they can get the document to join in on the FCS draft. We are going to send out this document probably by the time this is released. We will have already released it on Twitter. Just watch at Banner Society or any of our personal uh, sites. We'll probably, probably drop it on Reddit as well. Yeah, we'll put it on um, Reddit. On the Banner Society Reddit. Maybe, who knows, maybe someone on the college football Reddit. Uh, and we will, uh, and on the PAPN Reddit, of course. Uh, so yeah, find it there. We'll have a fun time playing together this season, tracking it. All right, that was Jason Kirk, Alex Kirshner. My name is Stephen Godfrey. You can reach me at 38Godfrey on Twitter and Instagram. This is Podcast Ain't Played Nobody, and we are part of the Banner Society. Thank you.